right. Welcome everybody to Soulful Sessions. Our guest for today is Jackie, who we love, the author of The Red Bench, The Vast Landscape in Georgia Pine. Um, the episode title I came up with was The Manic Mind, and I ran it by Jackie. She didn't say no to it, so I figured it's okay. Um, the reason I decided Manic Mind was just because I've known Jackie for a number of years, and there's been a little bit of that hat, that little bit of that energy, maybe a little bit, lot bit happening in her, a little bit lot happening in her world. And, um, with the current path that I'm on, the mind is a huge part of that along with the spirit and the soul and and that journey. But this is really her, her book, the red bench. And you can see like all my little like bookmarks in here. We're going to be talking about certain, yeah, there we go. Our twin, our twin books. Um, we are totally funny. Um, you know, it is, it is her journey and it's her, her story, what was happening in her mind for this year of her life and her chronicling of this to hopefully shine a spotlight on what is happening. You know, on the outside, she may look okay, but on the inside, not as much. So, um, I think it's a, a wonderful, um, story and I think it is beautifully written and it is an absolutely gorgeous way to to shine a spotlight on awareness around mental illness and disease and and how to support and um, nurture those who are struggling with it but we'll get more into that later so today we're talking about the magic the mystery and the mania of mental illness from Jackie's firsthand perspective and also the role of spirituality on her soul's journey. So we're going to, um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Jackie first. She was an international model for 20 years, came back to Auburn to write books, Auburn being her hometown and also deal with her mental illness. And this is not part of her bio, but I just know this from her personally. And you will find also in her book, she talks a lot about her mom and her, her mom, she's living in her, um, home where with her mom and there's obviously a lot of history and connection there. Family is around. And so it's a beautiful kind of, uh, time coming full circle, which we talked about before we started recording. Um, she has been all over the place lately. So she's been on Bridge Street, Spectrum News, CNY, the Finger Lakes Radio Morning News, Citizen, and she'll be doing tons of interviews, I know. She's also been um, featured on numerous uh, websites and publications. I don't even have a list of all of them. There's so many. So um, definitely look her up, check her out. I have all the links for all of her books um, available on Amazon. Um, I will also put a link to her website if you want to read more about her and read her blog posts, which are also beautiful. Also gives you a little bit more info about where you might be able to see her on TV and maybe radio um, shows, that sort of thing. And um, I normally ask what everyone's sun, moon, and rising signs are. And she wasn't sure. So I'm going to look that up and I'm going to put it in the show notes and then she can figure it out later. She did know, but she forgot. So we'll give her a pass. She's been busy writing. Um, But we do know she's an Aries. So we'll start there. Um, Here's one thing we didn't talk about in one of the the questions I'm going to ask you now, and then I'll put it in the show notes. What are you known for saying? Is there something that if if I were to ask, well, we have mutual best friend. If I were to ask her, 
what would she Probably say? Probably it would be a curse word, something disgusting. You yeah. can say it. This like, is this is a up, maybe. Like, don't be an <laughs> asshole. That's probably my motto in life. Like, just don't be an asshole. Okay, that's awesome. I like that. All right, I will put that. In, I'm going to put that in the show notes. I'm going to write that down now. Don't be an asshole. I might have to use that myself. Yeah, it is. Duh. Yeah, it's very straight to the point. There's no confusion there. They seem to be everywhere. Yes, yes. But we are raising the vibration with our conversation today. So that's that's good. All right. So my first question is how I start every episode. Tell us about a recent experience that lit you up when you just knew that your soul was talking to you. Oh my gosh, that's easy. In the sense that if I'm anywhere near water, I went to Eleuthera, my friends have a house there and I was on the beach and I walked every morning. um, And I was just, you know, looking at the ocean and going in the water. And I just felt completely connected and perfectly happy with where I was at that moment. And I knew that my soul was content. And, you know, we're always striving to find that, but I was very, uh, I've been very mindful this year. My theme is radical acceptance. So I've been trying to put a lot of like effort into finding those little moments. And when my, you know, great nieces and nephews come and they jump in the pool and it's 60 degrees and they're freezing, it's funny. (laughs) That lights my soul up too. You know, it doesn't have to be a huge trip. Yeah. It can be any little thing. That's awesome. So yeah. water, so water for you is very, very healing and, and very much a part of you. So that's interesting considering you're a fire sign. So I wonder now I'm going to really need to know what your, your moon and yeah. rising are. Just, I need to dunk my head. <laughs> water to shut it off. Just wonder. I need to submerge. It's quiet, you know? It is. It's, quiet. it's peaceful. Your, your body is buoyant. You're like light. Like I, to, I I'm actually, I'm, I'm same. I'm, I'm a Leo. So fire sign, but there is something about water that is so nice. healing. And, um, that's been my go-to the past few years where I've been really kind of in a swirl and a struggle with my own personal journey, which, um, you know, I share, I share it on, on my blog, on my website, karmakindness.com for anyone who doesn't already know. Um, she has beautiful. Oh, thank you. I know Jack, Jackie was one of my first, my first karmic kindness wearers. she was like my, um, beta tester for some of my stuff. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's, yeah, the water is just, it's just amazing. So, all right. I love that story. Salt water. Yes. Yeah. Well, and salt water too is a, you know, a detoxifier and a cleanser. So you're able to get all that gunk out of your, your, your system. Yeah. Which is pretty nice. Awesome. Yeah. So, all right. So I'm going to jump into the spirituality portion before we get into the meat and bones of, of the red bench and, and your journey there. So just a little backstory for the listeners. Um, Jackie and I have a mutual friend. Um, it's a gal that I grew up with. She and I've known each other since first grade, best friends. It's one of those stories that most people are like, I can't believe you two are still friends to this day. So it's been 40 plus years of friendship and we even lived together for a while and we didn't kill each other. It's amazing. And um, I ended up taking a different path in my um, early adult, young adulthood, which um, I've been sharing a lot about in my, in my blogs recently or blog posts recently rather. And um, Jackie and, and our friend um, met 
in, in the modeling world and they became fast friends. And I know that for, for our mutual friend, Jackie was um, a really, a, she was a guidepost for her. She was like, she was showing her the ropes. Like when they met, they met in Europe and our friend Kara did not know what the fuck she was doing and she was trying to navigate and she was making some stupid choices, which you would do because you're young and naive and you don't know. Horrible business. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and Jackie kind of swooped in and was like, Oh honey, you know, and like took her and, and really like protected her, I think in the early goings. Um, and I think you guys have done that for each other over the years too. And so, um, the, that's a little bit of that history and how Jackie came into my life was through this mutual friend. But Jackie was, has always been a very spiritual person and um, our friend and I, not necessarily um, Kara and I were raised Catholic and it was very like structured and this is how we do it. And there was no real wiggle room or discussion of any other type of, I don't equate Catholicism with spirituality necessarily. I, I think spirituality is different personally. That, that might be a topic for a discussion another time, but um, there is so much more to that connection with that, with source, with spirit, with God, with the universe. And Jackie introduced Kara to a lot of that. And then Kara in turn shared it with me. And so Jackie indirectly slash directly, because we've had numerous conversations, you know, afterwards over the years, um, a, you know, really was the Kickstarter for me having an awareness and being um, open to these ideas. And um, I mean, based on what I'm doing now, it's been a it's, it's huge. huge. It's oh huge. my god, what you're doing now is like you've taken it leaps and bounds. It's so amazing. I'm so happy for you. I'm so proud of you. Thanks, honey. Yeah. So, so, so for me, I think it it's huge. And that so you were you were kind of like a. a teacher, if you will, for me. So I want to, I would like for you to share with everyone listening a little bit about how your spiritual journey began and what, um, maybe like, what are the top two tools, modalities, rituals, whatever feels good to you? What, like, what things do you like to do, um, to really like foster that sense of connection? So two part question. Yeah. Um, how did it, how did you get the, how did you start? And then what are your, what do you, what do you tend to go to when you're looking to connect? Got it. Um, I want to thank you for that. I think that that's really, I didn't even know that I was doing that. It's just amazing that I was able to, because Kara and you have both been the same for me in a way that like opening spirituality and doors for me that I didn't know were closed. So I'm, you know, I thought about this question a lot. Because I, I know it's a big part of your life right now. And I grew up Catholic, like you guys did. And that faith, I think the, the, the basis of the faith, of the, it sort of stayed with me. But then I went into the modeling world and I was young. And I started studying Taoism and Buddhism. And I have thousands of Buddhas and like... I was really interested in reading Marianne Williamson and Louise Hayes and just sort of Joseph Campbell and trying to find my way into that world and really studying it, like immersing myself into yoga. I did, I do meditate. I don't love it. It's not one of my favorite things to do. We <laughs> talked about that, but like really just, okay. I know I feel better when I'm in my, true authentic self and i what i learned in the last few years especially with this illnesses my spirituality 
is what keeps me alive. And um, just having the basis of there's something bigger than me, bigger than this, and the belief that it's going to all be okay. Um, I stopped trying to find the answers in like little tiny places because I think spirituality has to live inside of you. So for me, what I'm working on now, cause it's always, you know, you're always working on it, but instead of looking outwards for, you know, ways to incorporate it into my life, I'm sort of looking inwards saying, okay, you're thinking about tomorrow and you're, I'm always thousands of steps ahead of where I should be. You know, the manic mind, it's like never quiet. So if I can find those moments where I'm just quiet, mm. that's my spirituality. So I think mindfulness is one of the modalities that I'm really working on hard um, and exercise, whether it's yoga or something that gets me out of my head that allows me to just be, you know, if I was swimming every day, if I lived on a beach, that's where I would be in the water. And um, I, I really, being raised Catholic, I think we we tend to go, oh, it was gross, it was stupid, it was awful, I don't go to church, you know, I, I'm the same, I feel that way. But when something really bad happens or something very tragic is happening, I still pray. And that's another thing that I do. And no matter how you pray, whether it's to a God or whether it's to Ganesh or Buddha or I don't care the flowers outside, you know, whatever it is, you have to have that faith, especially today in this world, because it's man, is it a, a manic world? It <laughs> is. Mind, so. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you a question. So mindfulness, that's a word that's tossed around a lot. So what does mindfulness mean to you? Mindfulness to me means a present moment awareness, being right. fully present in each moment. So right. what, what does it mean to you? Well, it's different for me because my mind works a little bit different than most people's. You know, I fluctuate between rapid cycling, so I'm always right. up or down. So mindful, mindfulness for me is more about stopping the negative talk, stopping the noise, trying to just be in the moment absolutely but also like it's not that it's not that important like it's not that heavy you know it's stuff is happening all around you that's so much worse just just try to remember that and right. i mean obviously my mindfulness is like shut up okay you're depressed today you know what are you going to do to get yourself back to a balance yeah so for you, it's more of a, it's a, it's a, and it's a process. So for me, I just, I just go, okay, let's just tap into my senses. Let me just take in what's going on. Let me appreciate this moment for you. It's like, okay, what's going on here? I mean, I noticed you sighed. So there may be a little bit of like release of whatever is getting caught or stirred up and right. then processing it in whatever way makes sense, depending on what's happening in, in your head. Is exactly. That, and I okay. think Absolutely. That's spot on. But I think being an empath, I'm an empath. You're hit all the time. You yeah. know, you, you have to find ways to not let that get you, you know, and I mean, you have to find pleasurable things to do to shut off. And yes, it's more challenging for me because I wake up and I'm, you know, either in a state of fear or terror, anxiety, or I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm always fighting with my mind 
Right. Right. You'd be quiet. Well, and I think too, you know, I think that what, what you just said about the state you wake up in, I think a lot of people these days wake up in that state without having that, the mania happening in their head. You know, they wake up and they think about the million things they need to do and all of the responsibilities and the kids and the husband or wives and the uh, this and that and how many parent bills. And it's like, I think so many people caught up even just in their own world, forget everybody else and, yeah. and, and the world around them. That's so true. You know, they wake up with this like sense of anxiety and dread every day. And, and I think, um, we, we don't have to live that way. Like no. you know, we really don't like there's, no. there is a choice for some, I think for you, it's a different story. You know, anyone else who is, you know, well, in, in that place, I have to be held accountable. And I think that's a big part of my illness. You know, I'm very, I, I'm not going to, don't be an asshole. Like just because <laughs> you're sick, you can't be someone that, you know, is angry or mean or any of those things. But what I found that's really, I think, huge is the world is in chaos. And the more that I'm here in this small town and I really do walk every day and I get outside in the green and I don't care if it's raining or, you know, snowing. And if I can sit in that stillness, it resets my whole, my whole body on a cellular level. Yeah. So I'm able to quiet down and I sort of feel bad for people that are running around like nuts. Cause it's like, dude, man, you only have a certain amount of time here. What are you doing? You yeah. know? Yeah. Like, why are you wasting it? Yeah. And I think that speaks to something you said earlier about balance, you know, having that balance in your life. I think that's, that's something we, um, we as a society, especially in the United States don't tend to have Europe has it fairly figured out? However, like, I think they may lean in some areas of Europe no, more, I mean, you know, yeah. more towards, more towards the relax and not to, like, I know I was trying to book a trip to, um, book some train tickets and things in Spain and it was, they were never available. I'm like, I don't know how these people ever get anything done. Like, yeah. I mean, Hey, I, I had a blast there and I was like, I could totally live this lifestyle, but as a, as an American or Canadian yeah. or so, you know, we're, we try to, get something done and we're like what the hell do these people ever work it's crazy we're like boom 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 we got to do it fast yeah but that's one of the things too that i think living in europe and i think kara too we had that experience of where you went to the market every day you didn't go to walmart you, right. you know you had these like moments where it's like oh you need to work for a week you can go to the sea and then come back and work obviously it was a privileged life you're not i'm not gonna lie we were spoiled um and I understand that people have to work, but there's so many people out there that are running around like angry and, you know, even the road rage, whatever. And I just, I don't know. I, if you can find the healthy balance, that's what it's all about. It is. And, and there's, this is an upcoming blog post that it, um, actually just occurred to me this moment, which, so that's what I'm saying it will be. Cause I haven't written it. Cause I just thought of it is, um, micro moments. Like why not have, micro moments throughout the day where you just take a moment. I can tell you right now on my phone, I have four alarms set. They're silent. So it doesn't necessarily disturb anyone if I'm out or whatever, but it pops up on my phone. And if I don't see it that moment, when I pick up my phone again, I'll, I will see it. And there are little, like little reminders for me. One, my big one for this year is patience. And I think that is something that a lot of people, at least in my circle of, of friends and acquaintances, 
right. are, are having a, a bit of a challenge with is patience. So I just, it's a reminder. I also have one that says, I love you. And it's just a reminder that I love myself. I don't need, of course, I want others to, to love me. I, you know, I want my family and my I friends. Love and, yeah, I love you too. But you know, what really matters is, is the love of self. And I think your, the, your book, I think the red bench is a physical, um, symbol of the love that you had for yourself during that year. So too, you know, so I wanted it to be a tool that you could go back to. Right. Well, so let's talk about that. I think this is a good segue to, to kind of switch gears to the book. So the red bench is your story in one year of time where you wrote every day and you're sharing the thoughts in your head intermingled with what was actually happening during that time in your life. And as the reader, it was, it was fascinating. And the way you would transition from like what was going on in, in, in your physical outer reality and then your inner reality, it was all, they were so interconnected and intertwined that there were times I'm like, wait a minute, is this really happening or is this happening in her mind? And, but that made it, that made it feel like we were really on the journey with you because that's what you were living. That's what you were experiencing. It was like your, your reality out here and then your reality in here were so connected and so a part of that time of your life and and your present day life. So um, tell tell me and, and the listeners a little bit about your inspiration or what was the catalyst for making the decision to do it in this way? Yeah. Well, I've always written, which, you know, I've always been a writer since I was a kid. It was a path that I didn't take the modeling segue, you know, sideways, but I, uh, had published some things and came home because I had a nervous breakdown, like full on didn't know where I was. Um, I had to, I left my identity. I lost my career. I lost lots of friends that didn't want to, you know, put up with what was happening because yeah. there's a fear to it. I was going to say it was probably terrifying for you and terrifying for the people around you. Absolutely. And yeah. I mean, my mom, I read a lot about her in the book. She dealt with it with my dad. We are one in five. We have the whole family history. And I wrote the red bench. I promised myself that if I could get up and this is true. And I had a dog. I have a dog. She's still downstairs. <laughs> She's a cute little dog. If you follow, if you follow Jackie on, oh. on Instagram, well, I'll put that information on the show notes as well. Like you'll see Lupita. She is so cute. Lupita is so cute. She's, she's lying so cute. in one eye, but she sees everything. <laughs> so I said to myself, if I can get up with this dog and go for a walk, just go, you know, like it's not very far. It's 10 minutes. And that was like an accomplishment for the day. And then I thought, okay, you know what? I'm going here every day and I'm going past this bench, which was a physical place. But then it became a spiritual sort of safety. It became my, my, my like cocoon of safety. And I said, okay, I'm going to write every day because maybe I can stay alive. Because honestly, I mean, I've talked a lot lately about you know, in, in interviews, uh, and people are coming away with the fact that they think I'm doing great, but it's, I'm still in this place and 
suicide is in my back pocket. And so for me, fighting every day and writing the book, it was a way to not kill myself, honestly. And to say, no, wait a minute, I'm going to find, because I'm stubborn and I'm tenacious. And I don't know if that's the Aries or the sun and the moon and whatever, <laughs> you know, but I, I thought I really wanted the reader to be immersed, like you said, in what it feels like. Because I don't think I've read anything that has been able to do that. And so that's like the biggest compliment for me. You know, I mean, obviously I don't want people to sob and stuff, but that's what's happening. It's like, it's creating this place where people feel okay to talk about it. And I thought, I waited 10 years, Amalia, to release it because I wasn't stable enough. I wrote The Vast Landscape and I wrote Georgia Pine. Um, and I love those two books, but I thought, I went to the beach, like I said, in January, and I said, now it's time. I listened to my instinct, my gut, my spirituality. It's time to release this book and put it out in the world. And um, whatever, wherever it goes now, it's for the reader. It's yeah. my gift, you know? It's, my, it's what I'm going to leave behind because I'm not going to beat this illness. Um, but hopefully I can go out with a shred of dignity <laughs> or a big bang, you know, one or the other. not in a bad way bang, but like, just, you know, like, like sparkly, colorful fireworks would yeah, bring people cool. joy. Yes. Cool. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Well, I will, I will say this and I don't know if this is true or if this is my perception, but when I, when I was reading the book, um, because I know you personally, like I, I could see all of the, the different facets of your, your day-to-day -day life. Um, and also because I've read your, your um, other two books, I felt there was a lot of the vast landscape um, vibe and energy in, in one of the places, one of your happy place, your beach house, where you're yeah. there with Sadie, which is your, your dog in, in, in yes, in your mind. Yeah. And I, I don't know. So I guess for me and those who have read the vast landscape in addition to the red bench was, was yeah. the vast landscape part of that? Well, I, what I did with the vast landscape in Georgia pine is I took passages from the red bench and I added them in to oh the story. So that's, you really caught that. Not a lot mm -hmm. of people have caught that. And I, I didn't know that I was ever going to publish the red bench. You know, that was like, because it's year, it's what, five years since I published Georgia Pine? Yeah, it's been a while. I thought, let me put this little piece in here. So it's really kind of, the Red Bench is the first, but it's the full circle of yeah. the stories. That's and it took me the courage, because the first book, The Vast Landscape, was my story. And, you know, and Kara's in there, and don't, well, I mean, a, a version of her, not her real stuff. <laughs> but, um... I took part of it and then in the middle, I started going, wait a minute, I need to make this up. Like, let's make, give her a happy life. Yeah. Um, I wasn't ready. Yeah. For what was going to come. And yeah. I need to be strong enough to, to, to help people. Really. Well, and, and you know, you followed your intuition, you followed your gut instinct and you, you didn't force it. You waited until it felt right. And I think now is the, is it's the perfect time the absolute perfect time.
I hope you enjoyed part one of a two-part captivating conversation with Jackie Chaffa, the amazing author of The Red Bench, The Vast Landscape, and Georgia Pine. All of those books can be purchased on Amazon. You can also find more about Jackie and her other works on her website, JackieChaffa.com. That's J-A-C-K-I-E-C-I-O-F-F-A.com. And I hope you will join me next time for part two of Soulful Sessions, Captivating Conversations with Jackie Chaffa.